You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Drew Gasparini here from Now We're Talking with me, Drew Gasparini. I'm just letting you know that you can now support our podcast by becoming a patron of our show on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash nwtpodcast, and for as little as $5 a month, you can help keep this podcast alive! Podcasting is fun, but it's also a lot of work, from booking our star-studded guest list, to research, to writing, hosting, recording, editing, and beyond this particular podcast is a one-man operation through and through. So, $5 a month can really go a long way, not to mention the perks you get by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash nwtpodcast to see how you can support us today. Hey, and a big special shout out to our newest Patreon patrons. Danny, thank you so much for being a patron. Katie, thank you so much. And Elizabeth, thanks so much for your contribution, guys. I can't even tell you how much it means to me. You're keeping this show afloat. Spread the word and join us on patreon.com slash NWT podcast. And now for what you're all waiting for the fucking show. Hi there. It's everyone's favorite four foot sub Drew Gasparini here with another amazing episode of now we're talking the podcast that should be applied to the infected area twice daily. Leaping lizards. I'm excited for today's episode because we're getting a two for two for the price of one. Both of our guests are Tony nominees known for their roles on stage. She has starred in shows such as Wicked, Tootsie, Spring Awakening, and she is making her return to our podcast today. Our second guest has recently collaborated with with Nick Blameyer on a new concept album called Edge of the World. He's about to be seen in Assassins, and both of our guests today starred in SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical. Turn it up because now we're talking with Ethan Slater and Lily Cooper. Can, like, can we just get this shit over with so we can all get back to our fucking lives, please? Can we just uh, get this uh, fucking yeah. done? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we're here with Lily Cooper and Ethan Slater. Uh, Ethan, you have an album that just came out that you co-wrote with Mr. Nick Blameyer. I also heard a little something about Assassins, or did that already happen? Yeah, that's coming up. That's up. That's coming up. And Lily, you obviously have something going on in your life. She is all the way pregnant. This is Literally not a halfway job. This is as pregnant as someone gets. Now, talking about what you guys have going on, my first question is, Ethan, what is the most attractive part about me, Drew Gasparini? Oh, such a good, that is a really great question. I, I actually Thank noticed you. it the second I got in. Um, huh? You've got this, like, you've got the wonderful reverse hair going. You've got the beard. <laughs> the Wooly Willy. Remember that yeah. game where you, you have a magnet and you can move his hair down to yeah. down to here? Yeah. It's the like, is your face upside down or is it right side up? I don't You'll know. never know. It's kind of That's my exactly secret. Right. It's, my, it's my allure. It's my appeal. Lily, for you, same question. And this is a nail biter, I know. So please, everyone's waiting. 
I mean, just the fact that you keep a house plant alive behind you, I'm really Thank impressed you. by that. So can I be I'm honest? Say that's the most attractive. What I love that you said. See, I have a nurturing soul too. There you go. Just like you do oh, yeah. in your situation, I'm quite nurturing as well. I have a fucking jungle in this house. Uh, I moved in a few months ago, and just behind <laughs> this door, there are drippy, hangy plants all over the place, and I love it. I feel like Tarzan at all times. It's a wonderful wow, environment to be in. Uh, no, I, feel like I that actually would make my allergies go wild. Well, I don't think there's a lot of pollen and things like that. But I do. I also have uh, 76 cats in the other room as well. So that might be that might a do problem it, yeah. for your allergies. Uh, we have so much to talk about, you guys. We have some silly questions to ask. Welcome back, first of all, Lily, because you were here for season one. You were like, I was. I was one, one, of, one of the, the first guests, wasn't I? Right before I think you got knocked up. Yeah, probably. I probably, <laughs> I, I probably I, left. I probably, it probably got me real horny and then I left. That's and then terrible. I just, I was like, hey, hubby, what do you think? Should we just, should we do it? You know, hearing that episode, I think that that seems right. Yep. Wouldn't it be amazing if we went back and clocked and like all the women who had done my podcast got pregnant <laughs> right after they were on the podcast? Because for some reason, the timbre of my very pingy theater announcer voice just gets them going. Gets you all juiced up and ready for the loving. Um, how are you feeling, Lily? Let's start there. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling very hot and sweaty uh, constantly all the time, even sitting directly time. in front of an air conditioner. But wow. other than that, I'm actually feeling pretty good. I just did a concert. I just did my I first saw. solo wow. show at 54 Below, literally eight and a half months pregnant. So wow. I got to pat myself on the back for that because honestly, <laughs> I look at pictures and I'm like, holy shit. You know, so how though, did she do that? That kid <laughs> is going to come out and then one day he's going to see these or she is going to see these pictures or they, them or whatever it's going to be. Whatever and it's going to see these pictures and they're going to be like, wow, my mom is so fucking badass because look at her all the way. Once again, all the way pregnant. Up Fully. on that stage, given the show of her life. I heard it went really well. I saw some of these pictures. You looked amazing, by the way. And I'm Thank sure you. it was just like a riotous event. Yeah, it went really well. And yes, absolutely. That's pretty much the sole reason I did it was so my kid looks back and thinks, God, she's cool. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's the reason you did it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, now immediately I want to hop into something. Lily and I talked about this briefly, but Ethan, I'm glad you're here for this. Mm-hmm. I want to reinstate the beef I have with Jonathan Groff. I, <laughs> Ethan, so Ethan, be on my side with this. Be I'm on my side. Fully, I'm 100% on your side. I know nothing about this, but can I trust we you. just get this guy out of the fucking? Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. <laughs> he's not talented. He's horrible to look at, and he's not kind. Let's just get rid of Jonathan Groff. Can we all agree to that? As in murder. Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't okay. say that. It is important. It is very important that we say that you did not say that. Yes, okay. it's on record that I never said murder. I just said, get rid of. God, I really gotcha. want him to do this podcast. I can't even tell you. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Ethan, can I tell you an observation I have about you? Uh, yeah, There's sure. something about your Disney eyelashes that make you seem so approachable and uh, wow. cuddly and adorable, but at the same time, I've seen your arms and I feel like you could throw a dishwasher full of cement at another <laughs> human. I, I feel like the eyelash thing is, I, I am blown away that you picked up on it. It is a point of pride for me. I have tri-colored really? eyelashes. I have three-color wow. eyelashes. What, what are the three colors? Yeah. 
I've got like uh like brown, red, and like a little white. Oh wow, those are really three different You're, colors. You I thought you were gonna, gonna be, be to... like a little brown, a little light brown, a little yeah, off yeah. brown. I feel like the red is a little is closer to auburn, you know. So are you if, a uh, redhead? You look like a redhead. But I am. I am a. Tell. I am a redhead. I was as a child. I was bright red until I was about twenty, um, and I shaved my head, and it never came back the same. Like well into adulthood, you were like oh yeah, bright, like shock red, like Conan O'Brien red. So he, I feel like he's more of like a strawberry blonde kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like okay. I, this was this was bright red, but it was always tilting that like that deep hue. Amazing. You know, I'm really enjoying this conversation because I, I have to say, I don't know what my child is going to look like, but there is a likelihood that he will be a ginger. And please, I, 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 you know, I'm just like weighing my options here. Strawberry blonde. Is it going to go deep red? Is it going to go curly? Who knows? I love this. And it's because of your hubs. Your man is like, isn't he a ginger? No, he's, you know, he's one of those, he's one of those, like we were talking before about those Mm -hmm. like half heads where half of his head. He only has, he only has half a head. He only has half a head and half of his head is fully ginger, like bright, (laughs) bright, fiery orange. And then the top of his head is more brown, just brown, just regular brown. But I mean, a good portion of his body is is very gingery. Speaking of his body, <laughs> this uh, another guy that could you too, Lily. Y'all work out. What do you guys do? Tell me what you do, Lily. What do you do when you work out? Yo, we do legs, bro. We Shut do thighs and tries. <laughs> we do lats, man. You know, it's all about the rhomboids these days. You know, I remember being I remember being in a car. I think we were on our way to an airport together and you were talking about working out and you said something like I never do cardio and it blew my mind. Is that I true? I hate it. I only run if I'm running away from zombies. Okay. <laughs> and how often has that happened? Rarely. Rarely, but it has happened. Ethan, what about you? I uh I run <laughs> I run a lot. In the she... in the last year and a half I've started running. A lot. Really? Okay, so you're yeah. running a lot. Lily will refuse to run unless zombies are, are walking toward her. I just started jump roping. Have either of you oh. done this? No. Oh, I Not did. So. I did. I was actually, I did a, I had a CrossFit phase for like mm-hmm. two years How of my life. How dare you? How dare I you? I hate it too. I hate it too. But it's, it's over now. So we can talk about it at least and we can mm. be honest with one another. I'm glad and you're bringing it to the table this way. Exactly. Yeah. So they do a lot of jump ropes in the CrossFit world. So I was, I did it once, once upon a time. I, I did a lot of jumping rope in when I was in high school. Double Dutch, that kind of stuff. Not the cool choreographed uh, jumping rope, which is like pretty sick looking. I did this, the, the one looking. where you're just like doing it and you're like, I want this to be over. Yes, yes. That's all I keep shouting at the top of my lungs while I'm doing it. I want this to be over. And I got, we have these, um, my girlfriend and I just got these weighted jump ropes. And you know what? No results. I've done it twice and I look exactly the same. (laughs) Wow, that's so weird because I do feel like the thing they say about jump roping is that you just, you do it twice. And then immediate results. Exactly. That's kind of what Amazon CrossFit. It's why I did, I did CrossFit twice. You did, and yeah. but now look at you. See, and now you can throw, yeah, a dishwasher full of cement. Lily, can you tell us what the baby's name will be? I cannot. How dare? Can I make a? Can I make a guess? Yes. 
before before sure, you sure. Guess, give this secret away. I... Honestly, I don't. If you really don't want to tell, I'm tell I'm probably I'm not going to tell you. It is a boy. We have a kind of a secret name. It's not. We haven't really told anybody except for our parents and our close family. Okay. So uh, yeah, we haven't told anyone yet. But please guess away. My guess, Chargruth. Wow. Mm. Is it Chargruth? Beautiful guess. How did you guess? Ch- okay, I'm going to go further and get the middle name. Chargruth Michael. Very appropriate. Mm-hmm. And that's his name, isn't it? And that's it? his name. What's the etymology of Chargruth? This is from the Isle Swedish. of... Yes, mm-hmm. of Sweden. The Isle of Sweden. The of Sweden, yeah. At last time Lily was on this podcast, we literally talked about everything from the Tony Nam, Tootsie, and doing Wicked, Spring Awakening, of course. We even talked about how you sang on my record, We Aren't Kids Anymore. Ethan, you've never sung on my record, but you have sung for me in concert. But the one thing Lily and I didn't discuss was Spongebob. We didn't. Isn't that nuts? And I clocked that right after you left. I was like, I didn't ask her anything about Spongebob. So would you guys humor me (laughs) and can we talk about it? It is totally my fault. But I'm glad, look, I was blessed with a second chance to talk to you. Uh, I want to talk about this musical because, first of all, do you think it gets exactly the amount of cred it deserves or is it completely underappreciated? Because I think it is wildly underappreciated because what I saw on that stage was like the most explosive, imaginative thing ever. And it is to this day, one of my top five favorite Broadway experiences. Really? So a hundred percent. I'm not even kidding. What was it like putting it together? Because it just looks like you're playing whose line is it anyway? And you're taking props out of a, a trunk and saying, this works. You know what I mean? Like the set looked that way. The way you, you were obviously doing the voices and, and and you found so much of these these cartoons and brought them to life. But what was it like kind of being in the room with Tina and how much freedom did she give you guys to kind of create? I mean, that's a great way to describe it. And freedom is the perfect word to use because it felt like such an open, free, safe space to just come and do the weirdest shit. Mm -hmm. And the, the, uh, the biggest takeaway that I had, I think from the rehearsal process and from developing that show was leaving fear at the door leaving fear of of messing up or making a bad choice because there was no such yeah. thing as bad choices. In fact, most I of the bad that. choices were the were the things that ended up in the show. Those are the best choices. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, it was like it did feel like we were like pulling um pulling different stuffed animals out of a box for like the first 3 weeks and then there was yeah. just a day when Tina would be like, "Okay, we're now it's over." Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. We, we now we have to make it into a thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, which was like a pretty good, like a really good balance, I would yeah. say. Like a really good learning experience. Nice to be reminded, oh, by the way, this is going to be on a Broadway stage. We have to eventually right, right. do this thing. Right. It's like, okay, now now we have about like 4,237 ideas. Let's turn it into like, you know, a two and a half hour show instead of what it would be if we just kept them all, which is... I don't know, infinitely long. I, f- I I will say though, like the thing, the thing that makes it feel like it was, it is appreciated. Yeah, is that so many people like tell us the same thing that you just said, which is really heartwarming. That like everyone who saw it got it. Yeah, um, and we had like just like the best fans. We still have the best fans of that show. 
And uh, so like in that way, it was just like, it felt like everyone got it. And that was a really cool thing to be doing this thing sort of like behind closed doors, making this super weird show. Yeah. Um, and then when people saw it being like, oh, I get what you were going for, felt really awesome. It would be great if it had been able to reach more people. Yeah, I think that there was like kind of a surprise element to it all where people would come and see the show and like Ethan said, would say, not only did I get it, but it surpassed all of my expectations of what this show yeah. would be. And that's a really cool. Does that uh, make you wonder like what the hell were your expectations before coming to the show? Like what did people think the no. SpongeBob musical was going to look like? You know, people will tell you exactly what they thought it would be <laughs> at the stage door. Like 90% of people at the stage door would say like, Oh my God, I was dragged here. I thought this was going to be trash. I thought I was going to have to gouge my eyes out. But I actually, I'm coming back. I'm going to come back. <laughs> I love, I had fun. Like that. I, they're, they're like so amazed and surprised they had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just shocked. So shocked. here's a question about just playing iconic cartoons. Cause like they're SpongeBob's like the Simpsons now. It's like so, so internationally famous and known. And when you're playing mm -hmm. SpongeBob SquarePants or Sandy Cheeks, that's a squirrel's name, right? Sandy yeah, Cheeks, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. I got it. I still got it up here, baby. Um, <laughs> When you're taking on iconic characters, how much of the isms from the animated world do you put into, like I saw, like mm. Ethan, when you walked, you kind of had the sway of the, like SpongeBob's walk, you incorporated that. But then oh, yeah. again, I'm asking, you know, this goes with that freedom. How much liberty do you get? Was Nickelodeon kind of in the room or they, or was it like you guys had no. a closed set policy and you could really, really monkey around? I mean, you you probably know a little bit about taking a beloved story and trying to like, you know, bring oh, it to life in a do way. Do you mean this eight hundred pound gorilla on my back called Karate Kid? Because that's yeah, that is exactly to what I am referencing. <laughs> yes, um, it's scary. It's scary. It's really scary. I, I will say, like, I uh, I don't know what you're going through, but though I would like to hear about it. Um, but like Nickelodeon was shockingly gracious. They weren't really there that much. I mean, we had this, our executive producer from Nickelodeon, Susan Vargo, was like around, but like they really handed the reins to us and to Tina. And um, there were definitely moments over the course of the seven year development process where yeah. they, you know, butted their heads and were like, okay, but can you do like a little bit more like this? And yeah. they almost always sort of rescinded that and were like, actually, do your thing. Um, right. To, for the most awesome. part. And awesome. So that, that was really cool. My favorite story is when is your story of coming in and auditioning and you were like, I, I can't do the voice. So I'm just like, not going to do the voice. And then Tina <laughs> being like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, but like, maybe try to do the voice next time. Maybe try it. It's like pretty <laughs> important. And then, but you, you did it. I mean, like that laugh, you had the laugh down like crazy. Oh, thank you. You still do people, do people shout at you and be like, give us the SpongeBob. Do you get any of that? Yeah, but usually it's more quiet. It's like, oh, hey, could you give, could you give us this SpongeBob? <laughs> um, because, because like you know, they want the SpongeBob, but they're also polite, polite, nice people. Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> of course, course, of course. Could you please do that thing for? Uh, when you got that Tony nomination, Ethan, was that surprising to you? I mean, because yeah. oh, mostly because the sentence you have to say is, "I'm nominated for playing SpongeBob SquarePants." Yes. Yeah. And no, like, no, that's it was like just a surreal thing. I feel like there was this um, big, like, piece of my mo piece of my brain that uh, protected me 
throughout the year, which was like, okay, this is SpongeBob. This is SpongeBob on Broadway. I know that this is creatively led and, and really has a lot of artistic integrity. And I know yeah. Yeah. the way that we made this thing and that it's valuable. But I understand why people will think it's, to quote one um, awesome teenager, uh, a commercial cash grab. Um, you know, like I can understand why people would think that, even though that's not what it is, you know? And so, so throughout the year I was a little like, okay, well, I'm going to totally get panned, um, by every reviewer and I'm not going to be nominated for any awards because, and I understand it. And so like, that's fine. I'm doing this for the other end of it. Of course, like that frame of mind is like really hard to cling on to when you're doing a Broadway show and all of a sudden you're like, oh, but maybe. And then Um, when you get nominated for every award possible. Yeah. Right, and th- and then you get this like flip you where everyone's them. like, and everyone's <laughs> like, you're gonna win every award, uh, and no. I'm saying like, no, I'm literally not. I promise you, I'm not. But then deep inside, a little bit of me is like, maybe I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, it was like this weird. It's this weird mind game that um, you start telling people like Lily, you have to refer to me as Tony nominee, Ethan Slater. You get a huge head oh, about yeah. yourself. Oh yeah, no, okay. Well, that's not a huge head. That's just due respect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you called Paul McCartney <laughs> Sir Paul, after all. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it, it is like this. I don't know. I don't know if you feel this, Lily, but it like certainly felt to me like um, like a game that I thought I could be in control of, but wasn't. Like it was. I, I sort of felt like you know my, the way that I was approaching it mentally felt like something that I was. I was. Um, on the home screen of Mortal Kombat and I was like pressing all the buttons thinking that I was kicking and punching, but then I would yeah. stop pressing the buttons and they would keep yeah. kicking and punching. And I was like, Oh no, wait, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause there's so much that's just out of your control. When we, when you were on the podcast last time we talked about your Tony nomination and how much, like, I don't know if we really talked about that in specific, but did you, was there a moment of you that's like, Oh my God, I'm going to win this thing. Like, was there like a moment, like enough people had told you that you were like, I think I'm going to get sure and very ready to win this thing. Literally, I, you might think I'm lying, but literally never, not once, never, not once did I think. Oh my God, guys, Uh, it just speaks to uh, my ego that I can clock how quickly my brain (laughs) would change into bow to me as I approach the stage while they announce somebody else's name. Yeah. (laughs) You start standing up and you're like, yeah, exactly, you start exactly. buttoning your, t- your suit. Um, I, now don't get me wrong. I did practice an acceptance speech. So oh, you practiced. Oh, yeah. It's not, That's... you didn't just write it. You like got in a mirror oh, in and my practiced. Head. In my oh, head. Okay. I like okay. thought of who I would think. Right. Wow. So like, I guess in that scenario, yes, there was like an inkling of like, maybe I'll win, but it was more of, of a, of a, God forbid, what if I win and I have nothing to say kind of fear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, as opposed to, I genuinely believe that I'm going to win. It's yeah. so, it sounds so cliche, but I swear I did not think I was going to get nominated. And so being nominated was insane and so cool. And I really recommend for anybody who is nominated to try to look at it that way. Cause it becomes way more enjoyable. The process yeah. oh God, is yeah. way more enjoyable from the beginning. It's a very stressful month when that, you know, from being nominated to the Tonys. And if look you at, just kind of like, look at it as this like gracious, grateful thing, and you're like, holy shit, this is the fucking coolest thing that's ever happened to me in the world. Then it's actually really fun and enjoyable. When you yeah. guys, when you guys uh, inevitably get nominated again for the several things you're going to be doing in the future, <laughs> 
Is it going to uh-huh. be like old hat or is that excitement going to be there, you think? I, I just cannot imagine it ever being old hat. I mean, the thing, the thing that's so, yeah, that month is really crazy and stressful, but it's also so fun because you're going to all of these events with people that you admire yeah. just so yeah. much and have, have admired from afar because Broadway is this really cool place where you have like all different walks of actors and creatives and directors and writers. Like there's so many different um, angles from which people approach Broadway. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know, like getting to sit at a table with Tony Shalhoub. Um, Come is on, like, yeah. Yeah, like that's like, there's no part of me in that moment. And I think it's hard to have a part of you that's that's being like, that's competition. It's like, no, right. no that's, that's Tony Shalhoub. Like right, that's so right. cool. And so it is like this super fun. And um, I think that like maybe on the 10th go round, Lily, <laughs> yeah. you might start to feel. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say um, like 10 or 11 moms yeah. in i'm probably Love gonna it. be like all right guys can i just have one now just like <laughs> i mean honestly wasn't that kind of kelly o'hara when she finally won she was like thank you finally jesus christ and then she walked off the stage i believe that's what her I believe that was. word for word that was her <laughs> thank you finally yeah. jesus christ you can quote me on that uh well look at me talking to a couple of tony nominees and i'm a i'm a nobody who am i i'm a hack what, what, what am i doing Uh, let's talk a little bit about before we get into before we get into what I like to call stupid questions with Drew. I would love to talk about <laughs> Edge of the World. Can we discuss it? This is the new concept album, and I love a concept album that feels like a throwback to like the '60s and '70s. Like Tommy before it was Tommy was like a concept album. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like an old rock and roll thing to do. Uh, and you and our beloved Nick Blaymeyer, who cannot be on this call with us today. Uh, boo. Boo. boo! He has he <laughs> has something against bald men. He's he told he me personally. Them. I don't. He hates bald men. He, I yeah. know he's free right now too. He's been texting me this whole time. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's completely free. He's I actually pretty it. bored. He's very bored. <laughs> well, then uh, let's only talk about your contributions to the album, and Nick can go fuck himself. <laughs> um, no, let's talk about Edge of the World. You got amazing talent, including the lovely Miss Lily Cooper here, and uh, a, a little nobody named Norbert Leo Butts, who Ew. hasn't done anything. And who's that? His, yeah, who? he's just, honest to God, I'm not making this up. My father looks so much like him, it's crazy. Yeah, it's I can crazy. actually sort of, no, I can I sort can of see, see it. That. He's, you know what he has? He's a very round head. He's got. He's like a clock. Hmm. He's a little Cogsworth uh, headed, is what I, mm-hmm. I would say. And my father and him share that. So, uh, first of all, can we talk about how how in the world? And this might be a dumb question, but it, I yeah. really want to know how did you convince, if it needed convincing, because mm-hmm. uh, you and Lily and Nick all did SpongeBob and knew each other on stage, and and you would assume you're all pals and friends. How did you get Norbert Leo Butts to do this? I feel um, like he's a hard ask. You know what? That I think that's the that's the thing about this that feels um, so crazy. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it did feel like a really hard ask. I was like, I speaking of like meeting cool people during the Tonys season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I met Norbert like twice in that experience, and Amazing. you know, we um, were in the same dressing room at Radio City during the Tony, and I like I remember like being like so freaked out by the fact that I was getting to share a dressing room with like one of my absolute idols, this, this performer who I had been 
Um, What's the role? What's the role that that got you hooked on Norbert? Ethan, first you tell me, then Lily, I want to know yours. I mean, the last five years. Of course, of course. I mean, it was like that that was a show that I listened to. I listened to that record and I was like, oh. To nauseam. I I couldn't stop listening to that record. Yeah. And and my senior year in high school, we like did a senior project where we put on that show and my friend directed it and I music directed it and we were both in it. And it was just like this awesome experience. And it taught me so much about, you know, making theater. And so, yeah, I I mean, Jason Robert Brown's great wealth all comes from senior showcases or (laughs) senior projects (laughs) doing this show. I truly think his entire bank account is funded from high school and college. He has like a lake house just dedicated to like all the high schools in the country. Right. This is the Penn State University. Yeah. Uh, lake house the house that kurt deutsch bought um let's uh lily what's the what's the norbert leo butts uh role that got uh, you hooked on norbert fiero hands fiero? down no i'm kidding yeah um, no but that's but fiero, like, like he's actually fiero but it's last five years 100 i mean I, I don't know any musical theater teen in the early aughts who didn't know every word to that oh my god entire yeah, every show. word you know i was like am i a shiksa I'm a shiksa. <laughs> am I? And a I was shiksa? like, and I was like, am I the kind of Jewish person who puts like Shmuel into a song of mine? Yes. My middle name is is Shlomo, and so oh I was. Oh my and like, god! You know. Anyway, I mean, is I, your middle name really name. Shlomo? It is in Hebrew. <laughs> oh my god! What, English, is, what is? It's what in English? In English, it's Sam Samuel, but they're they're actually not the same name. It's a okay. weird sort of familial thing where okay. interesting. Shlomo yeah. is so fun. That's a great. Shlomo's name. a good name. Shlomo's yeah, and before we changed name. my name to our name to Slater, it was Slutznik, so I would have been Slutznik. Shlomo is great Slutznik. Too. Oh, That's I'm glad a I, I'm glad I didn't know that in college, Ethan. Oh, uh, I'm glad nobody knew it in college. Well, now these are what <laughs> these are the names Lily's going to take and name her kids. Exactly. This is yeah, good. Shlomo, Shlomo, Shlomo Cooper. <laughs> the least it's a beautiful the name. The least Jewish kid possible, but he's going to be named Shlomo Slutskwitz. Oh, I yeah. absolutely great. love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Norbert, we uh, we were writing I, we were writing this show, and when I would sing the role of Henry, just like playing through, you know working through songs, yeah. I would do my best Norbert impression, you know, like yeah. um, as embarrassed as I am to, for him to hear that. Um, I, t- I would just like, you know, try to sing like Norbert because I was like, this is sort of what the vibe of this character is. What does is. that sound like, Ethan? What is a Norbert impression? <clears throat> you know, actually my, my voice, uh, I am not going to do it actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's I can't, fine. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I was about to. I really can't that do it. Moment uh, of decision that you just made, like yeah, you were like about you to do it. it and you were like, "Do no. I owe this to you?" I think I like sort of felt like I owed it to you for having brought it up, but you know what? I owe you nothing. Um, <laughs> it's true. You owe me nothing. Um, it's amazing that he is singing on this, Lily. It's amazing that you're a part of this as well. Lily's an easy ask. I said, Lily, do this album, would you? And she goes, Okay. When do you need me? And she showed up and she did the album. <laughs> I say yes to a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Well, li- and listen, when it comes to my stuff, it really is shit. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. When what what was the song you heard that you're like, This is it? Or were you just like pumped to be a part of it because your boys were writing this? Oh, that that hundred percent. I mean, that's it, right? I, it's fun to collaborate know, with friends. Yeah, I but I also don't have to i don't even have to hear anything to know that what ethan and nick are working on is going to be really bomb city so i was i was gung-ho from the beginning 
also yeah. he called me and he was like yeah so like uh norbert leo butts is gonna be in it <laughs> and i was like uh okay yeah. sure <laughs> you're like we didn't you didn't let us finish it's not an album it's a sex tape and you're like yeah, even right. further sign me up i'm yeah. in 100%. all the way answer stays the same uh, how does it feel now that it's out in the world? First of all, Ethan, I don't know you as a writer very well. And I've been a longtime Nick Blameyer fan in terms of his his music writing. And, and like, do you guys remember his song Head Turner? Yeah. That song has come Ooh. up so many times in the last few weeks. Oh, forgive me for bringing it up one more Fire. time. But that was, that was like great. the bop it. of the century when that came out. I was yeah, all about that. That, that gave oh, me yeah. tingles. Like, that was like, yeah. mm. no. I got pregnant after hearing that there song. There you go. Yeah, right? I did. Uh, just a little science for you kids playing at home. Uh, what was it like to collaborate in this way, uh, Ethan, as a writer and Lily? Have you have you collaborated with them as writers before? No, I no, I haven't. Like singing their no. stuff. Oh well, I mean, I we did a concert of some of this music, which was like very different versions of this music. Mm, uh -huh. True. Yeah. What was that? Two almost three years, years ago, ago now. Yeah. Um, so I was familiar with a lot of it. Uh, so yeah, I had sung some of it before and I loved it. Awesome. And it was a really, it was a collaborative, um, you know, environment because it was a lot of like figuring out harmonies together and figuring out what we should sing the right. three of us. And that was a really awesome process just in, you know, a music studio together kind of figuring out what sounds I'm good. I'm picturing Merrily We Roll Along right now. I'm really seeing the <laughs> There was the three a documentary heads. about the three of us. About you guys. Yeah, yeah of course. that's right. And Ethan, what about soon. you when it comes to writing and, and putting two heads together and creating something? What was that experience like? Yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, this show started... I started writing this show years ago, and I was working on it, and I had met... You know, obviously when I met Nick, it was as an actor, but I'd already been a big fan of his writing. I'd seen Glory Days in DC when it was at Signature. Oh, wow, um, old school. Yeah, I know, way back. Like I went with my high school friends. Wow. I can't remember if it was a school group or we just went separately, but either way, it was like pretty perfect, you know, yeah. the, the perfect setup. So I was yeah. like a fan of Nick's um, writing. And so I was just like, hey, could you like give me your thoughts on this show? And he, read what I had and listened to the songs and was like, Hey, I, I feel like I could really help you craft this into what I think you want it to be. And so we started working wow. on it from there, which is an awesome place to be collaborating from. Like just, yeah. you know, um, well, it's cool. You so, had a yeah, jumping off point basically. And then, you know, his, and he's, he had so much experience too in, in doing this exact thing. Oh, and yeah. now that it's it's out there living as a concept album, again, I love this term, is there a next step for it where it's going to be a full-fledged, put it on its feet, uh, let's cast this, and let's get a show? I mean, yes. I, that's, that is the plan. That's the hope. And we um, are announcing the theater now. Ethan, tell them where they can see the show. It's going to be at the Broadhurst the in 2028. <laughs> this is the show that does it oh my god that would be yep. amazing it is a it's a three-person show <laughs> no i mean that is the plan like the, i think one of the things that is exciting about a concept album and what's exciting about about edge of the world as a concept album is is the reason that we did it this way is we were working on the show and we were like what happens if we just take away all of the book let's just like cut all the book 
yeah. and go song to song and see if we're telling the story in this sort of essential way. And we were, and we were yeah. really excited by this version of the story, the song to song version. And that sort of incited the conversations about making this concept album, but there's more to the story. It's a really visual story as well. There are like sort of beats missing, like plot heavy beats that are right, missing from right. this concept album because it's a concept album and we're telling the story we're telling the emotional arc in the right. story and I, and I think that I'm really proud of the way that we did that um and like I think we're at the core of this thing but there is a, a version that blends the visuals and the the sort of theatrical storytelling with this music so yes um yes there's more that's I love hearing that. Yes, there's more. That's that should be the name of somebody's biography, by God. Uh, yes, there's more. It is called Edge of the World. It's available now. You can hear this on anywhere you stream music. I'm assuming there's not one who's just left it off for no reason. They look at a musical theater. Get this the fuck out of here, and then they mm-hmm. throw it out the window. Or somebody really doesn't like Norbert Leo Butts. I hear Jeff Bezos is not a big fan of Norbert, <laughs> so you guys are probably not on Amazon Music, but everywhere else you yeah. can find it. Uh, and you it got out. and you've got like just like. If you got Lily on board, it's going to fucking slap. Let's pretend she's not here. Ethan. Yeah. Is there a better fucking storytelling pop voice in musical theater right now? Answer that question. Honestly, no. Honestly, I mean, everything, no. Everything that Lily does is is amazing because I think she's able to find sort of like truth and grounding in some of the most outlandish moments. Yeah. And I think that that like... Obviously in SpongeBob, that served really well. In Tootsie, that served really well. But I think what was really fun and exciting is I, I've sort of, I've seen Lily work on dramatic things that I was not a part of. Yeah. So I haven't gotten to see that process. But working on Edge of the World where she's just sort of tapping into a character that that feels like it needs nuance and feels yeah. like it needs both levity and seriousness and like, you know, pathos and empathy. And it's just like a really beautiful thing to see her work. So I love listening to everything that Lily does. She's the um, gosh darn best. She's the, be- Lily, you can come in now. Well, okay, I, was just, yeah, I, was, I was busy. I was just filing for unemployment. I'm back now. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what? my I, gosh. We also went to college together. So I have been. Is that true? I didn't know that. that. Yes. Oh, you yes. guys are old homies. You guys we have known each other homies. for a good. I love. So oh, I, that just made this more adorable. There <laughs> is like a there is a song somewhere that I cannot find, but I have tried. That is really really terrible. That I wrote that Lily was gracious enough to sing on. Oh, Where um, is it? I need to see it. I need to hear it. No, I'll, I'll find it. I, I'll, I'll find it. It's somewhere. Send it, it's send probably it just to like the my Broadway old... podcast network, and we can play it at the end of this episode. For the love of God, Absolutely if you're not, not going to give me the Norbert impression, I want the I want this song. You all owe right. me nothing. Right, that's a good you trade-off. owe me. You owe me nothing. Again, I will say it. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm glad we got to plug this album before I let you both go because I'm taking up so much of your time. I want to play a little game called Stupid Questions with Drew. Are you guys ready to play? So ready. Born ready. Here we go. Stupid questions. This is an easy <clears> one. Let's start with a real a lob, a real soft lob. Let's start with you, Lily, and then Ethan will go to you. Lily, I may have asked you this question in the past, to be honest, but let's start here. What is your favorite breakfast cereal and why? Okay, so I got to go. And if go. you say grape nuts, you get kicked off this podcast immediately. Um, I have a 40-year-old personal trainer husband who uh-huh. loves Frosted Flakes. Okay. And 
he has, great. he has gotten me back into <laughs> so Frosted Flakes so hard that it's like, like you're a them? new bedtime treat. I eat I, Frosted Flakes for dessert. And I it is love my jam. That. Yeah. I also love that you act like you have a 40 year old trainer in the house and you keep Frosted Flakes in the house. Oh, he buys in my them. brain. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> there's like an age, like once you're in your thirties a little bit, you kind of give up cereal for whatever no. reason. Like, you and know clearly I mean? that's not true. <laughs> not the case. So Frosted Flakes is your jam right now. Frosted Flakes is my jam. But you know what I also I do, that. which is a little bit huh. psychotic. Sometimes I put like berries in it to make me feel a little healthier. Oh, that's good. Add sugar 100%. to the sugar. 100%. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. You're practically losing weight once you put those berries in It's there. just that's more right. calories. Do you ever but... put a banana in? You got to do the, where you cut, the, you pre-slice the banana and then you cut it in with your Oh, thumb, yeah, of course. And of you're course. like, Well, I got to practice for my kid, you know, so. That's yeah, right. that's, oh, God, that's that. like the cutest thing I just thought of. Ethan, what is your favorite breakfast cereal? That would have to be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's a very, uh, Affectionately very referred very to as CTC uh, oh. in, in our household. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is... I, if if I had to give a why, I would say uh, because it is hands down the best flavor of any breakfast cereal. It is so good. Do you want to know what I used to do when I lived in Santa Barbara? Santa Barbara, I think, drinks one percent of the nation's alcohol, and I was also doing a, a bit of weed smoking back in the day. <gasps> but I would take one of those big metal, like when you know when you go to Pax and they make you a salad. Yeah. In yeah. all those, I take, those bowls. I would take one of those big metal bowls and I would crush up an entire bag of Oreos and then put Cinnamon Toast Crunch on top of that and then pour milk in it. And then now I have diabetes. So... <laughs> <laughs> Did you like- I don't actually have diabetes. Uh, let's. <laughs> that's a topic to make fun of, right? Good going, Drew. Um, <laughs> that is a true thing I did. I would just like bong hit after bong hit and then fill like a gallon that tub sounds- of cereal. It's impressive that, that you're not that you're not obvious. morbidly obese. Like I'm actually no, it really is true. impressed. I, I'm I'm quite impressed myself. But again, it was I gave up cereal at some point in my life. I miss it to this day. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Next couple <sighs> stupid questions for you both. Let's start with Ethan this time. Yeah. Ethan, what is a holiday we could just fucking do without? Columbus Day? <laughs> yeah, fucking get rid of Columbus Day. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great one. Because what are we celebrating? A horrible man, basically. Yeah, right? a genocidal asshole, you know. I'm going to second uh, that and go with Thanksgiving. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. You've Might added on Thanksgiving. Everybody no, loves I think you can... Everybody loves to eat a fucking turkey, but I don't give a shit about Thanksgiving. I It's stressful for a divorce, for children of divorce, so mm-hmm. let's just eliminate it. It also, doesn't it also kind of celebrate a bunch of people who murdered a bunch of Native Americans? Oh, yeah, that... raped and pillaged. Yeah, so let's get rid of those two. And also, can we just, someone tell me what Flag Day is, and I'll be happier. <laughs> Could oh, it's, t- it's the Day of Flags. All right, that's enough, Ethan. All right, so good answers. I accept both those answers. And now that I know what Flag Day is all about, I'm going to buy a Flag Day hat. I'm going to celebrate fully. Actually, I Um, would do a little more research, just in case. (laughs) Good. I'll Wikipedia this after the interview. (laughs) Uh, Last stupid question, and this might be a little deep, but it can also be silly. What is the biggest lie you've ever told? I think I have a good one. Mine was definitely that I lost my virginity way earlier than I lost my virginity. <laughs> you told people you lost your virginity to what, to like fit in? Yeah, to be cool. Who were you talking to? A bunch my of 30-year-olds? <laughs> 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 How 
how old are your friends? Was this during Spring Awakening? <laughs> yeah, that like you're like you know you're like I'm in a Broadway show. I'm so fucking cool. I'm such a grown up. Yeah, I have sex. Are you kidding? Of course I have so, sex. So without telling us how old you were when when the V was lost, how many years did you lie about? Oh, like solidly like three years. All right. <laughs> That's a great lie. That's a good lie. Great that lie, is a good Lily. lie. Uh, Ethan, how about you? Biggest lie you ever told? Wow. I mean, mine is, is like a very formative lie for me. It's a lie that I've recalled many times which is that I told many, many people that, and this is so silly because I was like eight years old, um, that I was being recruited by uh, intelligence agencies, uh, (laughs) that I was like being recruited by the CIA and that I was actually, if you notice, there was this one guy who kept on following me. What? Yeah, I know. It's like, the thing is that it's like somewhere between imagination and lie, right? You could say like, oh, that's so cool. Like what what an active imagination that... Kept going for about two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, like, hey, hey, you. So now you're in my circle of trust, right? Like we are really close now, right? Like mm-hmm. we have shared uh, a, a bunch of different colored pencils, and I want to let you know that <laughs> I am actually being recruited by the CIA to do, you know, intelligence work for oh them. Oh my god! How did you know what the CIA was at the age where you're using colored pencils? Surely I didn't. Uh, but also, also, if that were the case, you totally get kicked out. You're not supposed to tell anyone. I was that's a true. fucking blabbermouth, and that's, that's why true. it became a lie, even though it started as 100 percent the truth. Wow, wouldn't it be crazy if it was the truth and the government heard that you were telling people, and then they gave you like some shot in the neck and took you to some facility for a number of years, and then you woke up as SpongeBob on Broadway? Wow. That would be so wild if I couldn't remember about 15 years of my life. That would and, be amazing. Um, I, can, I can remember those 15 years. Uh, or can you? Okay, we well, believe uh, you, Ethan. Okay. Yeah, stop, Thank you. Stop pounding Thank the point home, that. Ethan. Um, I did sadly, notice that my mic sort of blew out there, so you'll have my, to cut that. Uh, that's, that's okay. We'll, we'll get the sound. <laughs> sound guy, can you make sure to edit that piece? Uh, he says yes. My lie <laughs> was the same as Lily's. I've been telling people Lily lost her virginity at 12 for years and years and years. Uh my actual lie, my real lie is I told my parents I graduated from college, but I actually dropped out after five weeks. What? Wait, wait, wait. So so after five weeks, your freshman year, and then you pretended like you were going to college for the next three and a half years? So I would do like one-off classes at the college because I got a scholarship to the school, which is true. I got a scholarship to the school. It was a musician's institute in Los Angeles. And I went for, it was probably more than five weeks, but I did not finish the first semester. And I talked to all my teachers about it. And I said, I'm not getting what I want here. But I didn't have the balls to tell my parents. And my brother even came Mm. to the school on like what would have been my graduation day (gasps) where I chalked it up to my parents as it's so casual. It's like not even worth the visit. And like my brother who lived in Long Beach at the time came and took a picture of me with like whatever rolled up piece of paper they hand you on stage and I literally walked across the stage and the guy with the microphone was like what's your name I'm like Drew Gasparini he goes and Drew Gasparini and I walked across (laughs) I walked across the stage and I just snagged a piece of paper my brother took a picture of me holding it and then I did an interview like when I was writing on Smash I did an interview where I talked about dropping out of college and it was like seven years after the fact and that's how my parents (gasps) how did they react 
my dad didn't really and my mom was like there was a circle of trust that was broken so hard that yeah. i'm we're everything's great and we're great but that was a it was such a big lie and it was mostly because i i couldn't i just couldn't break my parents heart this way because that was such an important thing for them was to get the college degree but now look at me i'm doing wow. all right uh i mean anyway. it is it is good that they learned about it cloaked in the sort of compliment sandwich of being sure. interviewed about a good job you know right. what i mean sure, sure you're like, right yeah that's a good point that's a nice a positive way to look at it anyway i like yeah, to you, end you these put interviews that on a real in the weird note <laughs> medicine the peanut butter like a dog yeah <laughs> you're giving your dog yeah, yeah. the meds <laughs> yeah um exactly all right before i let you both go i just want to say congrats on edge of the world that is massive everyone go check out the concept album you can hear ethan and lily and norbert leo butts just crushing it to death on this album lily congratulations uh on what is going to be a gigantic new chapter in your life sure and I mean, like it's like five minutes until those things are about to pop out. Those things, is it twins? Those things? No, I think. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think it's just one. I really hope it's just one. God, me too. Oh. For the for your the sake of your budget, I've talked to production. They don't have the budget for two. Oh, so, yeah. uh, gosh, I I wish you the best with motherhood, and I can't wait to see all the pictures of this beautiful child you're about to uh, give to the world, Thank Ethan. You. Congrats on everything uh, with the album and Assassins is going to be so so cool. I think that's right. One of my favorite musicals of all time so i'm so excited for you and i just love you both these two tony nominees right in front of me thanks so much for being on the podcast you guys thanks for having us thanks for having us hey thanks for listening you sexy buttheads now we're talking as a proud member of the broadway podcast network you can find out more about me drew gasparini and this podcast at bpn.fm slash now we're talking you can also find us on instagram at nwt podcast or on twitter at nwt underscore pod a big special thanks to ethan slater and lily cooper for coming by and chatting with my hairy ass make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your wonderful podcast and if you feel like supporting be sure to check out our patreon at patreon.com slash nwt podcast and also make sure to keep tuning in for more amazing guests every week we'll catch you next time hey it's leslie Odom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.